When I started middle school, the worst place in the whole world was the high school cafeteria. I hated that place. And I'm not talking about the food. or It, it just was a horrible place to be. I didn't have many friends at that time. Hadn't yet joined the track team. Hadn't joined the clubs. And, 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 I, and, and I, it just was by myself a lot. And when you went into that big room that seemed so huge and foreboding, I didn't have a place to sit. So I'd get on the line with my bag lunch from home. I'd get a drink. And then I would walk cautiously around the room to find a place. Finally, finding some place not too conspicuous, I'd eat quickly and then go to the library, where at least I was safe with my books and I didn't feel as ashamed. This morning's gospel, when Jesus talks to his disciples, talks to the crowd, he talks about shame and honor. And these are values that are community values. They are public values. They happen whenever a group of people get together. Some are lifted up and honored. And some are pushed down aside and shamed. Just before this story, Jesus asks his disciples, well, who do the crowd say that I am? And they say, the prophets, Elijah, good, honorable roles and titles. And Peter, he says, you are the Messiah. You're the chosen one. You're the one we're waiting for. You're the one that will put life back into perspective and will restore us. You will lift up the nation. There's so much pinned, so many hopes pinned to that title, Messiah. And Peter has them in his heart. So imagine the shock when he hears Jesus talking about the Messiah suffering. Imagine the, the, just the... It just was not fathomable that the Messiah, the chosen one of God, who God honored, would be shamed in such a public way so as to suffer death and rejection and suffering. Such things can't be. Mind you, Peter pulls Jesus to the side lest he doesn't shame him around the other disciples. But in that moment, Jesus takes the opportunity to teach about what following and discipleship is all about. He says, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. Follow my path. My path involves a cross, a cross, a shameful instrument of death used by the Romans to kind of squelch any sort of resistance. Jesus talks about picking up your cross and following. 
Earlier this week, I had a 10-year-old boy ask me about this giant cross in the sanctuary. Do you notice how it kind of gets in the way? That's on purpose. You might have to look around it a little bit to see the screens. You might have to not sit in the exact same spot you always sit in in order to see what's going on. This cross gets in the way. And this little 10-year-old boy asked, so why do you have such a big cross? Isn't the cross something that is sad? I said, yeah, it is sad. It's very sad because on the cross, Jesus dies. And that's very sad. So why do you have it? We have a cross to remind us that there is nothing in this world, absolutely nothing in this world that can get in the way of God's love for us. God does the ultimate, gives his life. He gives it not just for one group of people, not just for the good and holy, not just for those who are honored, not just for those who have the good seats in the house, but for everyone, for the world. Wow. The cross reminds us of that ultimate kind of love. And it reminds us of our invitation. You see, we can't stop with the cross as just something that God did because on the cross, Jesus invites us to a different way of living to get behind the good news that is found in his life. When we baptize, we mark the sign of the cross on the newly baptized who have been marked with the cross of Christ forever. You are invited to follow Jesus and the good news each day. And Jesus says that this is hard. It's hard because when you follow the path of Christ and the good news, when you love your neighbor, when you have compassion for those who are left out, when you seek those who are shamed and alone and isolated, there are consequences in this world. There are consequences. And we might find ourselves shamed in the process. But fear not. For when you put the needs of others when you put the needs of those who are discarded and outcast in your life and you respond and you follow the path of Christ, there is great honor. I was talking about this concept with our confirmation students on Wednesday night. And I said to them, you know, when you go into your high school cafeteria, who do you usually sit with? Well, our friends. We sit with kids we want to be with. Says, Does anybody ever sit by themselves? Oh, yeah. Huh. 
So the next time you go in your cafeteria, you can sit with your friends. And it's good because you know what? It's crazy. School is hard. Life is hard. We want to be around the people that make us laugh and, and that we're friends with. And that's good. And Jesus calls us to something a little more. Instead of always sitting with your friends, look around the room. See who sits by themselves. If you want to have lunch with Jesus, then you're going to need to move your seat. You're going to need to get up and go sit with those who are isolated and by themselves. That is the direction of the gospel. It goes beyond it goes to the places where people are hurting and life is hard. And it says, I befriend you. I will be with you. I will share God's love and grace with you. And in those moments, there's a lot of risk. There's a whole lot of risk, by the way, because there's a cost to pay. You might be shamed by your friends, by the popular group. You might lose a little social status in the process. You might even find when you go to those who are outcasts, they are so used to being by themselves and alone that they don't know how to handle the gift of friendship. They might push you away and there's a risk involved. But that's the life of discipleship. That's the life that God calls us to. Because it's that life that reaches out to the hurting places to bring the message of hope and good news. That life has the chance to make a difference in this world. It has a chance of reshaping things. And opening places of hope and new possibilities. It has the opportunity to create a community that respects and dignifies all of life. And so it's worth the risk. As you make your way communion today and you pass by the cross, be careful of the rocks on the floor. Don't want anybody to trip. But as you make your way to this meal, come to this meal as a disciple of Christ. Receive in it God's grace and love and invitation. When you leave the table, you go out into the world bearing God's creative and redeeming word to everyone you meet. And you will be honored in Christ's name. Amen.